In today's fast-paced world, your business deserves banking solutions that are as dynamic and cost-effective as you are. Solutions like free business checking from LGE Community Credit Union, free online and mobile banking, no minimum balance required, plus no maintenance fees and dividends on your balance. At LGE, we're a smarter way to bank. See what's possible for your business at lgeccu.org. No monthly maintenance fees. Other service fees such as NSF, overdraft, wire, and stop payment fees still apply. Not all businesses will qualify. Membership eligibility and base savings account that keeps a $5 minimum balance required. Welcome to Let's Talk About It with Janelle King. I am Janelle King, and what you're going to listen to today on this episode is something that I am going to do throughout my tenure here with the network, is I'm going to sit down and talk to individuals who are elected officials, particularly our congressmen and senators. Hopefully, hopefully I can get our senators, Um, but I'm going to talk to some of our elected officials and just find out what they have going on, what they're doing, what are some of their key issues for their district and just kind of get you and to bring you into what's happening with our elected officials. I feel like this is extremely, extremely important because a lot of people are just not familiar with what their elected officials do. Most people uh, that I've spoken with don't know who they are. Um, A lot of people have no clue that they have district offices and that there are things that they can do to um, assist you and that they are really at your service. Um, This is something that I think is extremely important. And I would love for you to get to know your congresspeople and get to know your congressmen and congresswomen that are that you've elected and not just from a campaign perspective, but now that we've elected you, now that you are in office, um, what are you doing? What's happening? And so today we are going to speak directly with Congressman Rich McCormick. He is a congressman in the sixth district here in Georgia. He's a Republican and he was recently elected. He has a interesting background. I'm going to read his bio um, on this in the first half and then on the second can have after the break we're going to hear directly from him but Congressman McCormick um, ran for office one time before and um, in the 7th district he was unsuccessful you know we did go through redistricting and now he's located in the 6th district and he is representing the 6th district he recently won Um, I think he is someone who has a lot of great ideas he definitely has the experience and and it's, I think he's a blessing to the 6th District. Now, I was a little disappointed when I found out that we were redistricted out of the 6th District. Now we live in the 7th District. Oh, but that's okay. That's okay. It's okay. <laughs> so I, it was interesting because when I was in the 6th District, we had Lucy McBath. Then I got redistricted into the 7th District, and now I still have Lucy McBath. I have yet to have met her. And this kind of what's informing why I want to do this, because I haven't met her. I haven't met her. I don't get invited to anything that she does. I hear that she does town halls that you can call into. Someone has sent that to me before, but I guess I'm not on the list because my voting record is not Democrat. I don't know. That's an assumption. That's alleged. It's alleged. But either way, it was really, really concerning to me that... We had no interaction with our Congress people. And then recently, 
Recently, my husband had a former Academy grad, a good friend of his, call him and say, man, like, you know, my wife and I are in a kind of a tough situation. Um, Passport office is backed up and we really need to get to a funeral. And it was just a really, really bad situation. And uh, he was just like, can you please help me? Is there anyone you know that's in the 6th District's office? And it's interesting because, you know, Kelvin was like, man, that's, you know, I don't even know where to really begin with this. And I was like, I'll handle it because, only because I have worked in the past and I kind of knew that the passport, um, if you're having passport issues, that you can contact your congressman and they may or may not be able to help you. In this case... Uh, the congressman's office was able to help. And I speak shout out to Ron Goodbub and uh, Vesna, who was in the office, who really put in the effort to try to assist this family. However, a lot of people just didn't know. They don't know. So I want to change that. As I stated in my very first episode, I really want you to be informed voters, not just voters. I want you to know. So let's get into Dr. McCormick's bio really quick and then we're going to hear from him after the break so dr rich mccormick is a decorated veteran he's an emergency room physician who proudly serves georgia's sixth congressional district and the united states house of representatives he's raised by a single mother mccormick was a paper boy in middle school and eventually worked his way through college earning a degree from oregon state university a firm believer in service before self. McCormick joined the Marine Corps and became a helicopter pilot. During his two decades of service, Dr. McCormick deployed to combat zones in Africa, the Persian Gulf, and Afghanistan. And as a Marine, he flew helicopters and was airborne and attached to Army and Foreign Forces and taught at Georgia Tech and Morehouse College as a Marine officer instructor. In the Navy, Rich earned a rank, the rank of commander and served as department head of emergency medicine uh, department in Kandara, Afghanistan. Wow, thank you for your service, Dr. McCormick. Between deployments, Dr. McCormick earned his Master of Business Administration from National University and medical degree from Morehouse School of Medicine in Atlanta, where he was honored by, I mean, I'm sorry, honored to serve as student body president. How cool is that? So Dr. Rich McCormick was Morehouse School of Medicine, uh, Medicine's student body president when he was there. So kudos to you. He completed his residency in emergency medicine through Emory while training at Grady Hospital in Atlanta. Most recently, Dr. McCormick served as an emergency room doctor at Northside Hospital. Dr. McCormick lives in Swanee, Georgia, with his wife, Deborah, who is an oncologist and a good oncologist at that. Okay. I said good with a T. Okay. She was good. She's really good. <laughs> and Dr. McCormick's, I mean, I'm sorry, the McCormick's are members of Gwinnett Church, where Dr. McCormick is a small group leader for high school students. Wowzers. 
every time I read his bio, I'm just like blown away because there's so much. When you think about what this this short period of time that you have in life. And, at, and you think about it from the perspective of what all can I do? And I think a lot of us may pick one dream and go after it. But Dr. McCormick has went after so much. There are so many things that wasn't mentioned in this bio that I know personally. And he did not present this. The team did not provide this. But I think it's important to know that he was a single dad at one point. I, I mean, he put in so much effort into his life and making sure that he achieved his goals. And I just think that is pretty, pretty remarkable. But is he a good congressman? That is the question. Are you going to do the job? Are you going to represent us? Do you have us in mind? Or are we representing you? These are questions that we're going to answer after the break because we want to make sure that our elected officials are doing what we sent them there to do. I have no reason to believe that that's not happening and not going to happen. However, we got to know, and I want you to know. So after the break, you will hear directly from the congressman, and I will interview him and ask him a few questions, and we will bring that all the way through to the end of the show so that you have adequate enough time to speak with him. Because one of the things that is a huge pet peeve of mine and what you will not get at this show is guests and interviewers and hosts who act as if they are a part of the of the questioning, of the interviewing. Um, I, I like to hear directly from the people and the person that I am talking with or talking to, and I want you to do the same. So when we come back after the break, you're going to hear less of me. I will ask the questions, but you're going to hear a lot more of him. So Dr. McCormick comes up after the break. This morning in the Atlanta airport, no one's missing a meal on Mac Wilburn's watch. With 11 restaurants to serve passengers, he's got dining for every destination. And it all started when Mac talked with First Horizon Bank about opening a franchise in the airport. Now it's open for business and cleared for takeoff. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Mac. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Welcome back to Let's Talk About It with Janelle King. And we have the congressman deep dive into just some important topics. I want to make sure that our elected officials are connected to their constituents and to the people, as well as have you connected to our elected officials. And before the break, I shared Dr. McCormick's, uh, Congressman McCormick. I know him as Dr. McCormick. He's kind of, he's both, okay? He's Dr. McCormick. (laughs) He's Congressman McCormick. There's so many more titles. So let's get started with the 
basics. I love Ron Goodbub. No, he's the greatest. And having him at the district office, I think, is one of the best decisions you could have made because he really has a heart for people. And I recently met Vesna, um, and she is a superstar. So grateful for her. Can you please tell our listeners what is the role of a congressman and what does your district office do and offer to the people of Georgia? My role is to represent my district. Uh, that is also, I want to put the caveat in that sometimes we have to make hard decisions. We have to assume what the public wants if they were well informed on everything we get briefed on, uh, knowing what their feelings are, understanding their, their feelings on the Constitution, on opportunities, but also our constituent services should never be overlooked. Specifically, we're one vote out of 435 up here. Mm-hmm. There are very few times where my vote will ever tip the scales. Now, there have been a few times already. <laughs> I can always react to a request to help somebody who's being either mistreated by the government or somebody who's not able to get a reaction from the government. Like, let's say you're trying to get your passport, mm-hmm. or we have a problem with a visa, or we have a problem with the IRS. Uh, or in the case just recently, you heard about the young lady who um, was having a hard time getting a transplant for a kidney because she didn't get the vaccine. Mm-hmm. Uh, being able to reach out as a leader and contact the president of university uh, or president of a hospital or somebody's having to access problems to their family who's in the hospital. Having this kind of leverage is an amazing thing. And, and you mentioned Vesna, who's one of the most experienced people in the business, who is a miracle worker on trying to get mm-hmm. things done for our constituents. Ron Goodbub, who has one of the biggest starts. Sydney, Al Chal, my district manager. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the team is incredible. Suzanne Swain. I couldn't ask for a more caring, loving, hardworking group of people that's serving our constituency. Doesn't matter if you're Democrat or Republican. Really, we're here just to make sure that our constituency is getting the best reaction to their their concerns. And I don't know if it got back to you, but your team definitely helped out some friends of ours that were really in a tight squeeze when it came to their passport. It really, really was impactful, and I am so grateful to have you and have a, a strong team there. Again, Dr. McCormick, Congressman McCormick, represents the 6th District here in Georgia. So moving into some uh, more difficult issues, or I'll say critical issues, not difficult, but critical issues, the state of the 6th District, what would you say are the critical issues? Well, one thing we have to be careful of is, is that the federal and the state are maintaining really the separation. Now, on certain things where you'll see me put some leverage on people that are inside of my district that are Republicans to vote the right way, whether it be for educational opportunities, for mm-hmm. ridding ourselves of anti-competitive laws, making sure that we have the opportunities we have based on state issues. And I'll weigh in on that. I'll give my opinion and I'll put pressure on people to do the right thing. But I want to make sure that, once again, our state elected officials have more power than I do, really, mm-hmm. because ultimately you'll have a more representative government when you localize it rather than federalize it. I would love to get rid of the Department of Education, quite mm-hmm. frankly. The money that's siphoned off of us as individuals that goes up to D.C., mm-hmm. employs about 40,000 employees, then given back to us in a smaller percentage with strings attached as if the federal government knows better what to do with our education than we do in our mm-hmm. state level. That's one of the things I'm up here for. I, I was recently on a radio show hosted by a liberal woman mm-hmm. who really was coming after me. She's like, what do you mean? You went up there to give yourself less power? I'm like, yes, exactly. <laughs> and she could not get her arm around that. Her, her brain locked up immediately because she couldn't understand why would I want less power. And, mm-hmm. and quite frankly, our entire country was based on the premise that people 
we're empowered over a government and not vice versa. That's unique as far as the way countries are are, are organized and, and designed. And that's what I'm there, there to uh, protect at the federal level. Yeah. And then, of course, to make sure that when we have people that reach past that, and right now you're seeing some really dangerous behavior by bureaucracies and by presidents who do things by executive order mm-hmm. or by just making up stuff. I mean, when the ATF all of a sudden decides to enforce laws that they essentially created or when the IRS comes after you and they don't they have somebody working for them that doesn't have an accounting degree and says your account is wrong and you have no recourse gosh it goes on and on and on you're seeing all the time right now when a bureaucracy tells you that all of a sudden they're going to find people who mm-hmm. do bigger down payments and have better credit scores to fund people who have bad credit that yeah. didn't come out of the legislative body that came out of a bureaucracy mm-hmm. maybe with the guidance of the executive branch or maybe not that is political activism and is exact opposite of what our constitution was designed for which is they're supposed to enforce laws not make laws that is a critical problem that we have all around the united states and i don't care who's president you shouldn't be passing a bunch of emergency laws or, mm-hmm. or executive orders that are going to fundamentally change the country. Uh, you shouldn't be using bureaucracies to make laws and enforce laws when they're supposed to only be doing things that Congress has designated as laws. And of course, the ultimate law being the Constitution. So that those are our big fights right now. Obviously, we have a big budget prices, which I think we created a long time ago, but we have not had the stomach to tackle. I think we passed a very important bill, uh, which I hope will be signed in law, but I have great doubts. It's nice to see the party coming together with such a small, narrow majority and actually getting something substantially done that people who've been up here for 16 years literally came up to me and said, we have never been able to get this done when we had a vast majority. So I think we're making some progress. I'm so happy to hear that. And I'm also extremely happy to hear that you want to get rid of the Department of Education. I agree a thousand percent that we just don't need that at all. Something you brought up before we get into what are your committee assignments, you brought up the credit thing. And I saw that on Fox News. And that's just such an attack on people who are doing the right thing. What did you first think when you heard about them trying to say that basically if you have a good credit score, then that means that you're looking at paying more than if you have a bad credit score? Like, what were your thoughts? Well, it, it reminds me of 2008, where we were giving loans to people who shouldn't have loans. Uh, it didn't work then. It led to a housing crash. I think it's going to be exactly the same thing. When you come up with policy that flies in the face of common sense, mm-hmm. of decency, of rewarding people for good behavior, it is everything wrong with every law that's ever been made with good intention. Mm-hmm. Uh, in other words, we keep on encouraging people to do the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. Why would you reward bad behavior? It's like saying, when you right. come here illegally over the southern border, we're going to allow you to come in here and get free education, free handouts. We're going to make sure you're taken care of. But if you try to get here legally, we're going to make it so hard that you come here from India with a skill that we need. It's going to take you 20 years to follow the law to become a citizen. How ridiculous is that? Right. It is exactly contrary to everything we teach our kids from the time they're, they're growing up. The way we treat our babies is reward mm-hmm. good behavior punish bad behavior. We're doing the exact opposite of everything that is natural to human beings. It's going to fail in a bad way. And it's just another way to buy votes. Let's face it. 50% of the American government, or sorry, American people realize that they can basically vote to take away everybody else's money. We're done. The first thing I thought was exactly what you're saying, that it incentivizes bad behavior. You know, when you're in a position where you are, you've already put your, your credit score is a reflection of your character in so many ways, and you put yourself in a position 
situation where you're not paying bills. It's showing that you're not capable of maintaining this. Giving you more debt is the worst thing you can do. It's not compassionate. And that's the part that's so frustrating is that this is not compassionate behavior. This is behavior that's going to harm other people. That being said, one more question on, on some of the policies. You know, AOC and this Green New Deal that just keeps coming back. I keep trying to tell people that Republicans are not anti the climate, not anti our environment. What are your thoughts on this Green New Deal that AOC is coming up with? And we're now we're eating bugs and all kinds of craziness. <laughs> what are your thoughts? <laughs> maybe, maybe that's what happened to her. No, I'm, I'm, uh, I certainly believe that, that I think she's, I, I hate to think of anybody as pure evil. Mm-hmm. I, I think she thinks that she's right, that mm-hmm. she's going to save the world because she only has nine years to do so. Um, but I think she's horribly mistaken in the science. Uh, mm-hmm. First of all, it's called the Green New Deal. It wouldn't be new for very long. People would be very sick of it very quickly. When you put all your eggs in one basket, you don't allow fair competition, which drives the price index down where you can have multiple sources of energy. And let's face it, the parabolic demand for energy is not going to go away. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be able to sustain the energy demands with lithium batteries. Right. Lithium is a finite uh, resource. It cannot. It cannot supply eight billion people or and plus the the growth with more and more energy. It, it could be a bridge to something else. But yeah. but quite frankly, until those days come where we have other energy sources, and I know they talk about solar. I know they talk about wind. And okay, mm-hmm. that's fine. Bring them all on board. Allow free competition. Don't pick winners and losers because then you'll pick the wrong one which Obama showed us very correctly right. when he put a huge omnibus bill with billions and billions of dollars put towards companies who failed. By the way, you made a lot of millionaires, mm-hmm. and, and then they went away on their happy way after their business failed because Obama picked wrong. Mm-hmm. When, and that's what happens, by the way, when governments pick. That's what any communist country can show you is when government gets involved, it skews the market. It doesn't allow it to go the natural way. Mm-hmm. You don't find out what works. You only find yeah. out what government likes, mm-hmm. and that is what you call communism never worked in the world history it won't work into the future we need to avoid it with all uh due diligence so we need to make sure we block that um the fact that it benefits china in this economic model mm-hmm. a country who has cheated for the last 20 years in the world trade organization which i just got done reading ambassador uh ty's uh publication on that and and by the way i don't like books like that because it doesn't have any pictures and and i and i can't fit in the margins with my crayons but uh i really really was upset that i had to read this whole thing and then learned that china basically has been duping us we had something like 26 lawsuits brought against them in the last 10 years um the rest of the countries in the world trade organization hate it but they don't know what to do about it because it's like the united nations it doesn't have teeth in their laws and it's hard to combat them from cheating, and they've gone from a GDP of $5 trillion to $13 trillion in the last 10 years. They've, uh, and by the way, in that same time, Japan has stayed right at $5 trillion. They're cheating their way to the top. They have $52 trillion of uh, deficit. Um, they they have printed money left and right. They have a central banking system that doesn't pay a, a, a interest rate to anybody but themselves, mm. and so it's not like our federal banking system. Um, so we have to combat this, and we can't do that with the Green New Deal, which basically allows them to continue cheating and actually enriches them mm-hmm. way more than it enriches anybody doing the right thing in this country. 
Absolutely. Just kind of stay in the same vein as a policy for for business owners that are out there, small business owners in particular. From your vantage point, do you feel like we're going into a, re- a recession? I mean, I'm seeing businesses just shut down left and right as far as, you know, restaurants and small businesses. And I just don't know if this is a just a small, like, you know, moment that we have to overcome as we're moving out of the COVID space or if this is something that's going to create long-term effects and really harm. And, uh, and and so from your vantage point, would you say that we are going into a recession that businesses should store up and kind of prepare? I think we, we definitely have that uh, inclination right now. I, I think mm-hmm. if you look at the economics, and I, and I love economics, by the way, <laughs> uh, sometimes it's lost that, that I got my MBA. I haven't been able to use it until now. You know, Marines <laughs> don't use it. Doctors don't really use it unless you have your own business. But yeah. I feel like God gave me that a long time ago so I can understand some big things that are happening right now. For those awesome. of you who don't understand why the $6 trillion of extra spending during COVID was so harmful to our country is it overheated the economy. Uh, that's why we have a labor shortage everywhere. And then we paid people to stay home to make it worse. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have laws that encourage laziness and, and yep. sponging out the government while you don't work because we actually put, we take away your pay if you work. Mm-hmm. So we have this severe work shortage. Um, we don't have a good legal immigration system uh, that, that once again punishes people who come here following the law just like our ancestors did mm-hmm. uh, instead we reward people who come here illegally who aren't even able to work because we're, we're actually requiring e-verify and other things uh we have this flood of illegal immigration that's going to burden our economy uh simultaneously with with all these poor spending programs mm-hmm. uh where where basically we we have all these construction projects that can't be done because we don't have the work capacity for it uh they're going to be okay long term because that's, that's going to kind of find its center over time. The problem is, meanwhile, other businesses are going to close and they're not going to come back. Uh, You're seeing restaurants struggle. You're seeing uh, certain um, merchandise where where we're getting undersold by China. And and this one case goes back to how they cheat. They use slave labor in Western China to produce Mm -hmm. solar panels. And then if it's not cheap enough, they'll supplement it with their government fiat currency and Mm -hmm. then sell it overseas. And this is why we just voted today on the whether we do a, uh, a tariff on that because they actually now funnel it. Once they get found out they were doing that, we we, uh, we slapped them with penalties because the World Trade right. Organization doesn't allow that. So what they did instead, they funneled it to Thailand and Vietnam and Philippines and other countries to avoid that, that penalty. So now we had to vote again to hold them accountable for that bad behavior. So this is kind of an arms war uh, that I think in many ways we're going to lose because the $6 trillion has thrown us so far off our base that until that money filters out and we're able to reach our natural equilibrium, which is why government shouldn't spend more than they make um, or more than they tax, uh, until we, we even that out, we're going to be in trouble. And I think we're not done paying for that sin. Okay, before we take a quick break, um, and then after the break, I just we're going to close with you just kind of sharing what you would like the listeners to know, if there's anything that you need from us, you know, to help support you. We'll talk about that quickly after the break. But before you go, well, before we go to the break, can you share what your committee assignments are so that we just know what you're specifically a part of as it relates to putting together legislation? Absolutely. So I was happy. I got my two top requests, which is uh, armed services with an emphasis on tactical air and land and cybersecurity, as well as foreign affairs, which an emphasis on global health, as well as the Middle East and the Central Asia. Uh, And then I also have cyber uh, or sorry, science, space and technology uh, with the emphasis on space and aeronautics 
By the way, I will go to space someday, I promise you. Uh, <laughs> and then I also got selected as the only freshman on the uh, sub, uh, sub select committee on coronavirus. Mm. Um, in fact, I'm the only uh, doctor who's actually treated somebody for coronavirus, thousands of patients. So I was selected for that committee. Awesome. And then I was also placed on the as the only freshman on the NATO Parliamentary Assembly, which actually goes to NATO and decides mm. foreign policy with our NATO allies, which there's probably not a more um, <laughs> germane time in history. Mm-hmm. Uh, than now for NATO. So it's been a phenomenal experience. So this segment, we are reserving for the congressman to have the floor um, and just kind of share with us what he would like our listeners to know and what you all to know and um, just from what he's doing. So, Congressman, take it away. I, I think, first of all, I, I'm very, very encouraged to have great allies like you. I think you're such a great voice for the Republican Party, the conservative movement. Uh, it's people like you that give me incredible hope and the visionary uh, approach to this new uh, movement I think we have. I, I think people are angry, and I get that, but you bring a whole lot more than anger. You're a deep thinker. You're somebody I've watched handle. <laughs> One of my favorite experiences watching uh, Janelle King uh, take a white liberal man uh, and put him in his place when he was trying to tell her how to think as a as a black conservative woman. And it was, oh, it it was on all too often. To put him in his place. Uh, Thank you. It was and, fun and having I, you wear with me. <laughs> I was just an observer because it was great. Um, but it, it's such an honor to be on the show and, and just be part of this debate. One thing I want to, um, I need help from, mm-hmm. from all your listeners. When we talk about our movement and what's going to take us into the future, I want people to remember, and I, and I say this every single speaking engagement I get, because if we're going to grow as a party, uh, think of the party as a church. Mm-hmm. Um, when people get on the internet, they're not getting on the internet to lose an argument. Nobody wants to go out there and be proven wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're trying to win an argument, we're not growing the party. If you're trying to win a friend, you're going to grow the party. You're going to grow the church. Um, mm-hmm. When you're having these relationships, once you have somebody's respect, that they know that you care about them, that you want what's best for them, their family, for the country, then you can actually have real influence. And one person you convert mm-hmm. will tell 20 friends, and just like a church grows, we can grow the party. There was a movement once, and we've been through this exact same time, and I've talked about this a thousand times, where we're kind of going through the 70s again, right? We have increased energy prices. We have increased inflation. We have racial discord. We have a proxy war with Russia. We have opioid overdoses in massive amounts. We have disrespect to the military, disrespect to the police. But from that came a massive movement. And when Reagan won his second election, he won by 12.5%. He won 49 out of 50 states because he painted this vision that still applies today. Mm. And that is that this is the greatest nation in the world, that you can come here from anywhere else, not looking like anybody else, not speaking like everybody else, not having any money, friends, not having any prestige, maybe not even having any education, but within one generation, possibly being a millionaire and having your kids well on the way to being doctors, lawyers, or whatever they choose to be. That is unique, and that is Mm -hmm. something we need to protect. And so in this debate, Mm -hmm. if we can have that, because they're going to bring up equity, they're going to call you a racist, even if you're you're, you're you, they're going to call you a racist. (laughs) I've been a white supremacist before. (laughs) It's crazy. And, and all in the name of basically trying to buy votes from the people who make less, yeah. not realizing that we are on their side. We're not the ones holding them back. As a matter of fact, everywhere the Democrats control are doing poorly. Never is there a city controlled by a bunch of Democrats who are benefiting those same 
Democrats, mm-hmm. uh, unless, of course, those Democrats are the elite white rich people mm-hmm. who want to keep people exactly where they are. Yeah. And that's a dirty little secret. There are more, way more billionaires giving way more money to Democrats than Republicans. And quite frankly, we just want economic mobility. Mm-hmm. We want the ability that if I work hard and I have a good idea, that I can make it no matter what I look like. That is equality and opportunity. That's the Constitution. We're never promised an equal outcome. And if uh, we can spread it, though, not in an argumentative way, but in a loving way, in in a way that says, I want what's the best for you. I'm really on your side. If we can have that sort of conversation rather than I'm going to prove you wrong, which doesn't grow the church, I think we're going to do much better into the future. But we're going to get past that that angry. Be angry with the Pharisees. Be angry with people who are are, um, being legitimately harmful but be, remember that not everybody matter of fact probably nobody thinks that they're the bad guy um they they have to be convinced that you love them before you can convert them i think that is absolutely wonderful i'm going to pass that along to everyone that i know that what, what stood out to me in what you said was to try to win a friend and not an argument and that is so key it's so important it's so true and you know what quite frankly that is being like Christ, you know? I mean, there was no times where we saw Christ arguing with anybody to try to win an argument. If anything, he wanted to win you over as a friend, and through love and kindness, he he draws you. And we've got to remember that and continue to do that. Thank you so much, Congressman McCormick, for joining us. Please tell Deborah I said hi. Love her. Um, I got to get her on, too. We got to do a women's women's interview. (laughs) I've got to get her. She's smarter, she's prettier, and she's more well-liked, so you do just fine. That'd be great. Well, she is awesome, and I'm definitely going to reach out to her and get her on as well. You've got to meet. If you think think Congressman McCormick is great, you got to meet his wife. Um, (laughs) And thank you to everyone who is listening. Um, Again, let's just try to make sure that we are being a friend and we're trying to win a friend and not win an argument. You know, going into 2024, this is extremely important. And when we see the independence widening and we see that base going, getting bigger and bigger and bigger, it's not because of anything other than the fact that they don't feel at home in either the Democratic Party or the Republican Party. And those people, they're going to vote in a certain direction. That's just the fact. And in order to pull them over to your side, we've got to lose the crazy. This is me talking, not the congressman. But we've got to get rid of the crazy. I'm, I'm really over it. Um, let's just be kind to people. Let's listen. Let's understand that your perspective is your perspective. And as I always say, there's no my truth. There's no your truth. There's only the truth. And let's rest in that and be happy with that. So Thank you again, Congressman, and thank you to everyone who was listening. I want to close with why it's essential for us to know who our Congress representatives are and why it's important to stay informed about their actions and their policies. Well, there's four reasons why I think this is extremely important. Number one is representation. We have to remember and always keep in mind that our members of Congress are elected to represent the interests and the needs of their constituents. That's you and me. That is their role. That is their job. It's nothing more and nothing less. And by knowing who your representatives are, we can ensure that our voices are heard and that our concerns are being addressed, not just on a national level, but on a local level as well, which is extremely important. You need to pay attention to your local elections. Secondly, 
I absolutely think that this is important because we need to understand the impact, the impact of policies and decisions that are made by Congress and how significant of an impact it is on our daily lives. When we think about topics like healthcare, education, the economy, being able to stay informed and engaged is it, it should no longer be something that you just choose to do. We have to do that. Because by being engaged and being informed, we can ensure that our representatives are working to create policies that benefit our communities and promote the common good. Third, accountability. Another, this is the third reason why I believe that it is essential that we know who our Congress people are and who our representatives are because of accountability. Members of Congress are accountable to their constituents. They're accountable to us. And by staying informed about their actions, their policies, their positions and what they have going on, we can hold them accountable to their decisions and hold them responsible for any of the negative impacts that we feel and that comes our way and that may affect our communities. And lastly, I want to say participation. Participating in the political process is a key component to a healthy republic. By knowing who our representatives are, by staying informed about their policies, by being aware of their actions, we can actively participate in the in this democratic process by contacting them, voting for them, engaging in advocacy efforts, and aligning with our values and beliefs. Making sure that those efforts that we are engaging in is directly aligned with our values and with our beliefs. So that's four reasons why I believe that this is an extremely important conversation. It's four reasons why I think that we need to make sure that we're doing our part. It's four reasons why, um, and, and it's really just a start into why I think this is something that we all need to pay attention to. I'm happy that Congressman McCormick came on and was able to talk to us about so many different topics and was so vulnerable and opening about it. And it does give you a different sense of understanding when you see things. Oftentimes we find ourselves watching C-SPAN, we're watching news, Fox or, or CNN or MSNBC or whatever it is you like to watch, even when it comes to streaming services or listening to me. Oftentimes we find ourselves getting caught up in that and we forget that in most cases we're listening to opinions. A lot of the things that we're saying is opinions. Now, while I like to tie in facts and data and important issue, important topics and and just, you know, essential points, it is it is it is it's 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 our thing. It's our right to make sure that we are fully aware of what's going on. Overall, I just believe that knowing who your Congress representatives are and just your elected officials overall, knowing who they are and what they do and staying informed about, like I said, their actions and their policies, it is just a critical part of being an active citizen. And I think active citizenship is a strong component to a strong republic. You know, we didn't build this country because of passive people. We weren't passive. We weren't quiet. We made sure that we were a part of the process. And, you know, if you didn't hear about how this country was formed and some of our conversations about that, go back and listen to the former, the the last week's episode where we brought on John Marsh, who talked to us about the Constitution. He's a constitutional expert and just how this country was formed. And although it was only 13 colonies at that time, and we can look at that as 13 states, at the end of the day, nothing was able to, to, to get past the people who were going to be impacted. 
I think we've gotten caught up into this whole mindset of I elect you, I go home, and I just pray that you do the right thing. Well, that's not the way it's supposed to be. That's not the way that I think we all should see politics and see this as a whole. I really believe that we have to pay attention to what is going on. And I really believe, too, that the days of holding our noses and voting for people are long gone. I'm no longer doing that. We're not looking for people who are saying the right things but doing something different. We're not going to judge people based on all of their talking points. I want to see action. I want to see a solution. I want to see strategy. Without strategy, we accomplish absolutely nothing. I will no longer support those who don't represent my interest. I always say that the things that, that, that we believe in our house is rooted in three things. It's rooted in the Constitution. It's rooted in the Bible. It's rooted in capitalism. Because I believe with those three things, that is how this country has become so great. And you can't leave one without the others. They all kind of go hand in hand. So every policy position, everything that I hear people say and where they're coming from or what it is that they deem to be the hot topic of the day, all of it must be rooted in that. Your solution must be rooted in that. I refuse to not do my own research, and I don't want you to be the same way. It's incumbent upon us to make sure that we are looking at things the way it is. You know, there's uh, something that happened recently, and I found myself really going through a, a process. <laughs> now, we didn't talk about this with the congressman, and it's fairly new issue, but I saw the verdict when it came to President Trump, and I absolutely think that there is something going on and that we are looking at our country kind of turning on itself. However, what I was disturbed about was the fact that when I reached out to some people who I felt were logical thinkers, and I asked them, what do you think about this? There was an immediate response of, oh, it's fake, it's a witch hunt, never happened. Now, here's the thing. The following question was, well, did you read about it? Did you research it? Do you have any information? No, I just know. And the thing that disturbed me wasn't the fact that they didn't read anything or they didn't do any research because that's kind of becoming the norm. But what was extremely disturbing is because it's, it's the fact that I really do believe in my heart, and you have to examine your heart and ask yourself this. If the same thing popped up on the other side of the aisle, would we have that same response? I really feel like we have to pay attention to all of our sides of the of the argument. We have to ask ourselves, are we being propagandized on both sides? If you're no longer questioning, that's a problem. You have to always question. I don't care who it's coming from or where it came from or who did what. Now, only time will tell if we are dealing with yet another witch hunt, but... For today, it's okay to question it. It's okay to say, hey, let's look into this. Let me find out more information. It's okay to wonder 
and to to find out if this is exactly what you're seeing because there's a game being played on both sides of the aisle and if you think it's not you're completely delusional wake up be in control i want to make sure that that is where we are and as i stated in the first episode when we launched this radio show I'm not concerned about socialism and Marxism as much as I am concerned about the refusal to do your own research, as much as I'm concerned about hypocrisy and pride that I feel is coming out of everyone on different levels and from different perspectives. But if you don't want to do your research, don't you worry about it. You could just listen to me. I am going to do my research and I'm going to take you on the journey with me. Because every week I want to talk about different things and I don't want to shy away from the topics that are, you know, uh, what do you call like, you know, hard hitting or the kitchen table topics that you should never bring to the to the to the, to the Thanksgiving table. But the topics that are just really in the core of what people are thinking about. I'm not going to shy away from that. We're extremely grateful to have had Congressman McCormick on today and let him share what he has going on, what's going on in his local office. And I would love your feedback. I would love your feedback. I'm going to continue to talk to more representatives as they accept my requests and uh, allow you to hear directly from the person that you selected to represent you. And if you didn't select them to represent you and and, and others did, (laughs) because that's the case in some of our congressional districts, at least know what they're doing. How can you hold them accountable when you don't know what they're doing? As I say that, I love feedback. I love engagement. So please follow me on all social media platforms. Like, share, comment. Be sure to rate this podcast episode if you're listening to the podcast podcast version. We talked about it. Now you go talk about it. Thank you so much for listening. This is Let's Talk About It with Janelle King. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. In today's fast-paced world, your business deserves banking solutions that are as dynamic and cost-effective as you are. Solutions like free business checking from LGE Community Credit Union, free online and mobile banking, no minimum balance required, plus no maintenance fees and dividends on your balance. At LGE, we're a smarter way to bank. See what's possible for your business at lgeccu.org. No monthly maintenance fees. Other service fees such as NSF, overdraft, wire, and stop payment fees still apply. Not all businesses will qualify. Membership eligibility and base savings account that keeps a $5 minimum balance required. So, Robert, I want to thank you for your time. I just don't think you're the right person for this position. I don't understand. Was it something I said? Well, we did a background check on you and found some things of concern. If you're in charge of hiring for your company, you know how helpful a background screening can be. That's why companies that use Horizon background screening make smarter hiring decisions. Don't let the wrong hire put your company at risk. Get the real story on your candidates at horizonscreening.com. Horizonscreening.com.